from St. Joseph, Missouri, here is Travis Lee Hartman. Everything good comes from us drinking? Me and you. Oh, yeah, I guess so far it hasn't been negative. So we're going to go with that. That seems to be a great opener. Whenever you're drinking, something good happens. Responsibly Responsibly. drinking good. Because me and B-Money are responsible. We are. We are. And this happens to be the the latest episode of Wayne and with Travis Hartman. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We are in episode 28. Uh, We are coming to you via... The TH Boxing Facility here in Orlando, Florida. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for subscribing. If you have yet to do so, especially on YouTube, smash that subscribe button. Hit that little bell icon so you're notified anytime that we update with another episode. Maybe a vlog. Maybe a fight prediction. Maybe whatever. All interview the, in this corner. In this corner, we got a lot of stuff going on on the channel, folks. Um, so we thank you for the support and following along. If you're not doing so, click it. And also forward it along to your friends and pals and gal pals and everyone else. We thank you so much. We can Trav. Yes, sir. I heard somewhere that we are the number one beard bourbon boxing podcast based out of Orlando, Florida. Ooh. In the world. There's a lot of specifics there, and I think that's what gets The number one (laughs) podcast. So uh, we appreciate every one of you for uh, voting us up on however that works on the algorithm, which that's a funny topic. We'll get to, I think, later. Yeah. So uh, once again, uh, thank you so much. I am B-Money, the producer. Uh, That over there, Weekend Trav. Weekend Trav, wait for the cameras. This is the new Weekend Trav because, as everybody knows... If you check out what the weather is in Florida, it's freezing. Let me like what? Let me let me get the exact weather in Florida right now. Oh, I got you. And here. I will. It says it's currently fifty-five with so a low mine. of forty-six. So I am wearing my TH Boxing logoed embroidered hoodie mm-hmm. and stocking cap because it's actually cold. Yeah. So weekend trav broke from his normal tropical shirt because guess what today it's not tropical well to be so fair, i'm gonna be honest to be fair weekend trav is florida attire okay and a lot of floridians today are wearing sweatshirts and knit caps and whatnot uh now our weather fluctuates like crazy i, I when i woke up this morning it was in the 40s and then when i went to the grocery store around noon it was like 60 something yeah, so it's very different right Yeah, here. very different. So it but just my, really uh, so I'm born and raised in Missouri, the Midwest. Mm-hmm. If they're listening to this, they're going to give me a lot of crap because if it was 55 degrees in January in Missouri, we are wearing shorts and short leaf shirts, and I'm not kidding, like 100%. Well, so I, I encourage... I apologize, guys. I encourage them to give you crap uh, because that in itself is feedback. So, anywho, thank you once again. We are here... Uh, Episode 28, Weekend Trav, came off of a lot of boxing news. We had our wrap-up show two weeks ago. We had our follow-up show just uh, that tied all of our Dallas trip together via Zoom last week. So if you guys caught that, that's great. If you didn't, it's out there as well on Spotify, all the audio podcast uh, choices, and obviously YouTube. Uh, so Weekend Trav, we're going to jump into the boxing stuff uh, here in just about 15 seconds right after I thank our media partners, which is TH Boxing, Gulfstream Financial, and IF Enterprises. Thank you so much. 15 seconds over. So Loyal supporters of us. I appreciate that. They're loyal to a, to a fault. Uh, so 
Yeah, anyways. That's true loyalty, though. So let's get into the boxing stuff. Let's get into boxing news, uh, weekend trav. What are we weighing in on today? Oh, right away, it's pretty awesome. Um, Ryan Garcia is definitely parlaying his phenomenal knockout because he got to go on the Mike Tyson podcast, which is hot, hot boxing with Mike Tyson is what it's called, I believe. I don't think it's hot boxing. Hot I think boxing. it's hot box and yeah, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. No G, yeah, hot yeah. boxing, which is another meaning. He's had a career Regardless, change. Yeah, he has. Um, but it was pretty cool because Ryan Garcia, in my opinion, the the kid is good for boxing because the kid is super popular on social media. Um, and as we know of a week ago, he's not just a social media darling. The kid can fight. Mm-hmm. The kid's got grit. The kid is tough because he got off, got up off the canvas to knock out Luke Campbell. So it was pretty cool because he was sitting there with Mike Tyson. And this is why I bring it up because some kind of big things happened. Because that 135-pound division, the lightweight division right now, it's probably, honestly, it, it's, probably took, it's probably one of the hottest divisions right now just because it's taking up a lot of the media attention because of guys like Ryan Garcia, Tiafoma Lopez, Lomachenko, Tank, Gar- Tank, uh, Tank Davis. Mm-hmm. So the cool thing is Ryan Garcia is on the Mike Tyson podcast and Mike Tyson picks up the phone and FaceTimes Gervonta Tank Davis. Yep. And if you don't know about this, they're both in the same weight class. They've been feuding massively for a while, actually, via Twitter. So it was actually, I mean, like, Surely it was planned, but I don't know because Ryan Garcia didn't seem like it was planned. No. So I think Tyson was like, hey, how about I just boom, boom, call him up and put it on there. And they actually feuded pretty good. Like you saw that as well. Yes, I did. They feuded pretty good. So we're always here in support of other podcasts, of other video channels, things like that. I think there's just there's plenty of uh, um, hours of the day to view some of these cool things. So definitely head over to that. If you have not caught that episode or even those snippets from that hot box episode, Tyson. it's out there. It's all over you know, like you, you mentioned Twitter. I don't even know what Twitter. What is Twitter? Um, uh, it's on Instagram, got, all over the place. I got banned. So yeah. I don't, I don't know. Everything else is shutting down too, so it's kind of crazy. Um, but if you have yet to catch any video clip of that, it's 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 such made-to-see TV or made-for-TV stuff. Yeah. It's great. It helps build things up. And I think to myself, how could the next fight be anything but that now? Yeah, agreed. And you know what I think was cool is that originally podcasts were just like audio. Right. But I think it's taken off, and I think we're on board with that because we video record our podcasts as well. And to see a video of Mike Tyson FaceTiming Gervonta Tank Davis and then seeing the physical reaction of Ryan Garcia, that's what it's all about. Like, I think that's where podcasts are going, and I think that's where we're headed as well, and we've been there. I think so. The problem is that we've been told that we have faces for radio. (laughs) <laughs> so I, I, that 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 in itself is first an of issue. all i don't think anybody's actually ever said that but oh, well maybe i think behind our backs first of all you have a voice of an angel thank you so you have a voice for podcasts as well You're, but you also have a face for tv well what i have to tell you is that and you made mention of it when you were we were doing some of the pre-production stuff and getting you know video stuff set up your beards come in real nice you are starting to look like a real legit lumberjack. I'm a mountain man. I mean that in, the, in a very positive way. I mean, why would that be negative? I wouldn't it's take not, that negative. It's not. Lumberjack, that's great. We, all, we should all want to be yeah, lumberjacks. Yeah, I, you know, when I they shave... They take care of their families. They take care of their homes. They go cut wood and kill animals and bring them back. Do they do the animals thing? I know the I wood. Know. I, I mean, mean, I don't know, maybe. Well, they got to eat. Yeah, where do they eat at then? 
Hmm. They don't go to McDonald's after they go cutting down a tree. They really shouldn't. They really exactly. shouldn't. It's beneath them. It is. Beneath them. That was a tangent. Uh, so we're back. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. The evolution of the podcast, uh, obviously the, our forefathers of this being, you know, Joe Rogan and others, hey, right? Hey, uh, they are the ones that have springboarded into just not just the audio side, but the video side. Um, I embrace the audio side. We have the cameras on us. So you guys know this. If you're watching, you know this. We have cameras on us. We've had it from day one, but um, we're, we're trying our best to make sure we're Gazing at each other. Stare into those beautiful brown eyes. And those blue, baby blue eyes that only Oscar De La Hoya and myself are, are just floored by. <laughs> so, Listen, thank you, Oscar. I love you. Yeah. So, And once again, if you haven't seen that video, it is also up there. And Travis walking away like he was floating on clouds. Listen, I'm not going to hide it. And I'm not going to dismiss the fact that I was on cloud nine when Oscar... De- not only did he remember me, but he also said... The eyes. Mm-hmm. He knew that I'd have a beard, and then he said the eyes. And that was like, I'm like, you know what? You know what? I love you, Oscar. Listen, All of the bad stuff I've ever listen, said about you, I love you. Hold on. If Aaron Rodgers ever gave me, from, from afar, gave me one of the smug little looks that he In does. Cloud nine. I, yeah. I think, I think I would want my life to be over at that moment. Because <laughs> that is the pinnacle. Yes. Like, if you, just, if you just gave, if you watch the Pat McAfee show, or you just watch him on interviews or whatever, Aaron Rodgers used to him. That's it. That's it. That's so you know how I felt then. Yeah. That's how well, I, I don't know because I, I won't know until that happens. Well, but, fair. but you, you know, you can imagine yeah, what I could, he... I, we'd actually call it a, a fantasize, not, not just oh. imagine. I would fantasize what that's like. Okay, I don't. That was a little too much. So hot, this is PG thirteen. So we're on hot boxing. Uh, actually, Ryan so, Garcia's on it. They FaceTime Tank Davis, and then hilarious. Not hilarious. Well. Drama really ensues. Yeah, it go. was meant to be. It was entertaining. It was meant to be entertaining for sure. And then business picked up, as they say. Listen, it was okay. I'll be honest about this because I'm really good at my predictions of boxing matches over the years, not just a couple fights over the years. So the reason I bring this up is because uh, Tank and Ryan Garcia were getting into it via FaceTime, and Ryan Garcia looked at Tank and he said two, and he wasn't saying peace. He was saying I will knock you out in two rounds. So before yeah. Ryan Garcia knocked out Luke Campbell in the seventh round with a body shot, before that fight even happened, if you would have made me, held a gun to my head, and made me do a prediction of Tank and Ryan Garcia, I'm predicting Tank wins, okay? After the Luke Campbell fight now, my whole world and my whole expertise of predicting that fight has changed, and it's updated because I evolve and I grow with the times, and I, I pay very, very close attention to fights, and that's why I predict pretty, pretty good because I have an inside knowledge of the ring, and I see little things that most people don't see. And now, if you want me to make that prediction, it's a 50-50 fight. Okay. I can't make that prediction, not yet, but I will if that fight happens, which actually I think they, they've already agreed verbally, mm-hmm. so I think that fight is actually going to happen because they both have agreed verbally multiple times now, so there's nowhere for either one of them to run and hide. Explain, explain to the listeners and viewers at home how it works, though, because from what I'm aware of and after hearing you talk a little bit in a prior conversation, it seems set up that it's, um, um, it's supposed to be Ryan Garcia... And uh, gosh, Devin Haney, Devin Haney. There you go. Sorry about that. He got, so explain how that kind of contractual agreement is set up and how there's some wiggle room there. 
So I believe that, I forget which governing body, which sanctioning body it was. I think it was the WBC, maybe. Mm. They ordered that Devin Haney is now Ryan Garcia's mandatory. Okay. Which what that means is he's supposed to fight him his next fight. Right. However, if you pay attention to any big-time boxing, you will know that a sanctioning body ultimately on a big, big, big-time fight, they don't have ultimate control. Meaning that there's actually wiggle room in there, which allows for Ryan Garcia to apply for a, a step-aside fight, okay. it's called. So what they would do is they would pay Devin, Devin Haney, or wouldn't even have to necessarily pay him, but they could offer him a step-aside money to let Ryan Garcia fight another notable fighter. They would have to approve it in their opinion, which let's say it was the WBC. So the WBC, Ryan Garcia would have to submit stuff to them and mm-hmm. say, hey, I want to fight this guy, which is Tank. Will you guys allow me to take a step aside fight and not fight my mandatory? And for a guy like Tank, they would approve that. A first time basis, they would approve it. So there's there's a lot of like complicated scenarios when it comes to the WBC and and sanctioning bodies as mandatories. They call it like I, I air quote that because mm-hmm. it's not. When you say mandatory, that means you have to do it, right? Well, they don't. Most people don't fight their mandatories. Hardly, well, hardly ever, actually. And that's why I wanted you to talk about it, because I think there's some um, some folks that are just running with things they see mm-hmm. and, and stating what, what they believe is truth and not understanding that there's a gray area there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the language is such where that's the way it works. So that's why I wanted you to be able to explain it. So I appreciate you spending about a minute or two on that. Um, so, but it does seem that the most sense right now, and even to, from Ryan Garcia's camp and out of his mouth, he doesn't want Haney right now. First of all, they're friends. Yep. They fought six-time amateurs, split three and three, right? They're friends. Haney, was it three and three? Yeah. Oh, I, thought, I thought, actually thought Haney had the edge. but uh, From what I read, it was three yeah, and three. Now, right. I could you be wrong. Right. I could be wrong. It's, it's I, not, don't, I don't know that one, but be, I thought Haney had the edge. Be money is money on some things. He ain't necessarily money <laughs> on that. Um, so uh, Either way, we know they've actually had fights in the amateurs. Either yeah. way, the guys are tight. Yep. You know, Haney was there at the, at the fight uh, in Dallas, yep. uh, though I didn't see him. I guess he was there. Uh, I think you may, you may have seen him yep. or whatever. But they don't want that, those two guys. They would rather it be my bracketology concept. Right. It leads up to that. But to be fair, they both do want it. And even Ryan Garcia said it. Yes. He said, listen, he but goes, not yet. it's business. He goes, if you tell me that I have to fight Devin Haney, he's like, I'll fight Devin Haney. He's like, without a doubt. And mm-hmm. Devin knows that. And Devin's a business guy, too. He knows that. Sure. But to be fair as well... Um, this is this is the clear there because if Ryan Garcia doesn't end up fighting Devin Haney because Devin Haney is his mandatory now, air quotes again, because that's kind of BS in my opinion, but Devin Haney is his mandatory. If Garcia doesn't fight Haney and ends up fighting Tank Davis, I promise you, because of the complication of it all, you're going to have Devin Haney fans saying, oh my God, Ryan Garcia is dodging uh, Devin Haney. He's not. Sure. So, but if Devin Haney fights um, Tank Garcia, Tank Davis and wins, then without a doubt, Devin Haney, whoever he fights next, and if, and if he wins, they do need to fight because they both put it out there. So now it does need to happen. So if that scenario does work itself out in your bracketology group, if uh, Ryan Garcia beats Tank Davis mm-hmm. and then Devin Haney, whoever he fights next, it could be Tiafomo, it could be Lomachenko, well, it could be Linares, it could be, dude, that division is pretty cool right the now. The way I 
feel as if it's setting up, it would be Lopez. That's what just that's the impression. You I think it would be Devin Haney and Lopez? Yeah, that's who, the impression I'm getting. Who would you think would win that fight? Good lord, I don't know. Before, you're you're kind of a big Lopez fan a little bit. Well, I'm. He's after, gr- after he's grown Lomachenko. on me. He's grown on me. Yeah. He showed me a lot there. Now, granted, Loma went in hurt, and it was in the contracts between the two. They knew he was hurt. They knew he was getting shots in the shoulder, that sort of thing. So it just wasn't really. And we only know that because of inside. Yeah, conversations. We have a little inside stuff. Listen, we you know we we pull we pull some stuff. We pull some strings. We know some people. We hear some things. And a couple people. Anyways, I think it's going to set up with those four being in that cult sort of bracket and Loma looking on, getting healthy, and just kind of waiting. Yeah, rubbing, rubbing his, hands his hands together like go ahead, guys, and waiting fight, to see fight for me still, even though I lost. Right, right. So I can very well see it where Lopez is going to be in the mix, and it's probably going to end up being Haney because because. Yeah, you mentioned Linares. You mentioned Loma, but I think Loma's going to still just rehab more, which I saw him on the speed bag. He's already in the speed bag. That's phenomenal. He's a machine. He's, he is. And um, he, what is he Ukrainian? Like the dude just is. He's, he's, he's a, you know he's massive. Like he he is a mean machine. One hundred and thirty five pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal, right? Ooh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Even though he's actually not hundred, he he actually fought lower weight classes yeah. and moved up to get these big fights. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, nonetheless, so I think that's at least from a fan's perspective. To me, that makes a lot of sense, having those four guys in the mix. I don't mean to be disrespectful to the other guys that could possibly be there, but if you want the two top fights right now in that weight division at the moment, those four names have to be a part of that, whatever the mix and match is. And to be fair, I watched a video of Tiafoma Lopez and his dad speaking with matchroom boxing um, guy, Eddie Hearn, Mm -hmm. and he said, $10 million and we'll fight Haney. Mm -hmm. So if they're willing to cough up that kind of cash... Which it, it, it's it's possible. So. It really so. is possible. So we could possibly see a Tiafoe Lopez Devin Haney fight. And dude, man, I, I like I'm. I know that I'm a huge boxing fan, but I don't care who you are. That division is really exciting because what makes it so exciting is those guys are all literally greats in their own way. They really are and undefeated right now. Yep. If they fight each other. So good for boxing because, one, that's why I'm a big fan of Ryan Garcia now, especially, too, is the kid's 22 years old, B-Money. Mm-hmm. And he's already wanting to take on these type of fights. Usually, and this is where this is where I think Floyd Mayweather gets a little bit knocked, which I don't agree with, but he does because they think that he pick and choose who he fought. Mm-hmm. Eventually, he fought them all. But, mm-hmm. but to be fair, he really didn't fight them all that young. He fought... He fought good fighters for sure, but his resume was impressive, like post 30 years old almost, like late 20s, post 30. Like that's when his resume got phenomenal. But you have Ryan Garcia, 22 years old. You have Tiafoma Lopez, 15 and 0 before he fought Lomachenko. And how old is he? He's only what? He's young he's 26, as well. 26, 25. I think or he's younger than that. Is he? But he's young too, but he's only had 16 pro fights right. now. So those two guys, their mindset. I genuinely hope that that um, goes through the whole entire boxing culture, showing people that you can fight the best, no matter if you're undefeated or not. Mm-hmm. Don't protect that record. Right. Protect boxing. Protect the integrity of boxing and fight the best. And I think, not, not, not I think, they already are showing that. They are. The fact that Tiafoma Lopez stepped up and fought Lomachenko. The fact that Lomachenko actually started all of that because mm-hmm. Lomachenko was 1-0 and he fought Orlando Solito in his second pro fight. Mm. In a championship fight, yeah, he was one and zero, 
and he fought a, a world titleist. Literally, it blows my mind that actually happened. That's actually more phenomenal than I can even think in my mind. But the fact is, all of these guys are good for boxing, yeah. period. The fact they're fighting the best, they're not worried about protecting their record. They're worried about giving great fights. Boxing fans, I know they've already tuned in because of that very like fearless factor. We're not caring about our record. We're caring about putting on great fights. That's what boxing needs to continue to grow to where it is. And here's what also helps. It's not just the talent. It's not just the possible matchmaking. These guys, they're going to bring in the random sports fan. There's personality. I was very critical of Lopez back when he was fighting Loma because I saw some interview stuff. I'm like, ooh, it's pretty rough. He's been sharpening his skill. Trust me. I've seen it. Well, when you win, it helps. Well, yeah, when you win and then you start getting on social media, because he's trying to catch up to Ryan Garcia on social media. I get that, but he's dangling the belts across every appendage he has. I mean, he has all these belts. I'm telling you, these guys, they're young, dynamic, have personality, and they're carrying a lot of what's missing in some other weight divisions, weight classes right now. They're doing a great job on just promoting themselves, which they have to do. They have to do. Yep. Because you're going to get losers like Bob Arum and others that aren't going to do that actual promoting work for any of these guys and, you know, other other fighters. Which but is why Terrence Crawford's hurting right now. Bingo. Bingo. And and honestly, I just think every day that goes by, and that was a different topic, every day that goes by, he's sliding to number two. He's getting closer and closer to number two, and Canelo is rising which on the is pound a great for pound. segue to go right into a guy like Canelo because Canelo, they're saying, is going to also jump back in the ring in February yep. and then another one in May because he likes Cinco de Mayo. So, <laughs> which is phenomenal. Like, you don't see top fighters fight that frequently. Right. And the fact that I actually kind of really love that now. Now that Canelo is kind of a free agent, not kind of, he is a free agent. When he got away from Golden Boy and DAZN, even though his last fight was for them, he still was an unrestricted free agent. He can still agent. fight for him. He can he still can. fight for him. And he probably will he because he likes that. And he, he, I think he likes that relationship because they have done pretty good. But uh, the fact is, Canelo is one of the biggest names in the sport, and he fights everybody as well. But the reason why it's a big deal we're talking about it is because the more and more I've discussed this with people about the pound for pound best, I have Canelo two, mm-hmm. and I have Terence Crawford one. But you know this because you've been with me. Every single time that we start talking about this and I start rehashing all of Canelo's previous fights, his current fights, all the way up until now, I look at it and I'm like, by far, without a single doubt in my mind, Canelo has the best resume in boxing right now. Current fighters, without a doubt, he's got the best resume. So I'm thinking, I'm like, well, Travis, how do you have Terrence Crawford above him? And the reason I have Terrence Crawford above him is because – I see that potential in Terrence Crawford because multiple reasons. One, I've fought him before. Two, I've seen him in the ring against the best. And the best that he's ever fought, he's been a class above them. Well, so I'm going to start, I got to start pushing back on it. Potential is one thing. Potential is definitely one thing, but proven commodity is another. Potential will get you in trouble. It will. It, It will definitely get you in trouble. And that's why I've made this declaration. I'm going to make it again. And the next three to six months, maybe less, maybe less. I'm saying three to six, but what I really mean is Crawford's next fight or his next fight after his contract expires with Bob Arum if Bob Arum doesn't get him a big fight. So, But I also, listen, I can't punish Crawford because he hasn't been allowed to get in the ring with the elite, elite, elite in that division, meaning Errol Spence. He hasn't been allowed to get in the ring. However, I also cannot punish Canelo, because Canelo has also been in the ring with the best 
and beat the best. So I, I'm torn, but I, I made this declaration and I'm going to stick to it. Whether Crawford loses or not, if he doesn't fight somebody within the next three to six months, mm-hmm. I have to take Canelo and put Canelo number one pound for pound, which some people already have him there. But I would have to leapfrog Crawford. I, but- just, I, just, feel, I just feel that at a certain point, because we're all talking about it, everyone that discusses boxing, whether it's on a podcast format, if it's on uh, loser networks like ESPN or whatever else, Crawford, he's, he has some power there too. And they aren't pushing it. Nope. They aren't pushing to nope. get a top talent fight. They he's aren't, with ESPN too. They, and Bob he, he could easily be, his camp could easily be also pushing back saying, no, we want this. Or you know what? We're not fighting. We're not fighting. Listen, Canelo pushed back. Canelo pushed back and he got out of his contract. To be fair, to be fair in that regard though, you're, you were right. But also Canelo pushed back because Canelo is a massive draw. Right. Crawford doesn't have that. Correct. Although Crawford is, in my opinion, the best pound for pound, he doesn't have the money or the backing to make that decision, which is, that sucks, actually. Completely understand that. And, and, but at a certain point, you can't blame, which we've had conversations about Bob Arum. We can't blame everything on Bob Arum for that. At a certain point, just like self-promotion is important for a fighter. that contract expires and i think it's september or october of 2021 with crawford and bob arum mm-hmm. when that contract expires i'm gonna really judge terrence crawford and what he does because if he ends up staying with him and doesn't get a big fight before september or october i have a problem with that 100%. and now I'm, now yeah. now i i'm blaming bob i am and openly and i've been sure. critical of bob arum in the past on other radio shows as Everyone well has. and i've been i've been <laughs> consistent with this um if he stays with Bob Arum and Bob Arum does nothing up to that point, now the fault is going to openly and drastically fall on Terrence Crawford because Crawford knows they're fight, they're feuding now. Him and Bob Arum are feuding now because they've said some some choice words between each other. But if Terrence Crawford stays with Bob Arum through his contract, I think it's September or October, is when it ends. If he stays with him after that and not get and hasn't got a big fight before then. Mm-hmm. I will openly criticize Terrence Crawford sure. because he de- deserves it at that point. He needs to do what's best for him, and he knows that. And right. He needs to do what's best for him because Bob Arum is doing what's best for Bob Arum, meaning Bob Arum cares about making money because that's what a promoter cares about. Ultimately, yes, they care about fighters. They do, but their number one bottom line is they care We've about money. We've had this conversation before about him specifically. For decades, how many guys has he been a part of and just uh, let them go? And they went on to do great things in their career, right? A yep. lot. So let's let's do just a kind of a quick response sort of question and answer sort of thing. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk Canelo first, then Terrence Crawford. Canelo, uh, give it to not me a lot money. of explanation. Just give me two names that you think he should fight next. One or two names that you think should be his next fight. The top two, I think, which is on everybody's plate, is one, it's Triple G. People really, because those two fights they've had together, one was a draw, one was a, a very narrow decision that Canelo mm-hmm. won. So a trilogy probably should happen. Which, it he should. Just, which he just came out with a certain requirement on that. I saw it earlier today. So And and the, the hard thing is now, though, is Canelo's moved up two weight classes since he fought Triple G. And Triple G is still at middleweight, which is 160. Canelo went to 168, then 175, back down to 168 and won a world title. So I'm going to say Triple G, and I'm going to give this other guy some some love, is Caleb Plant. Okay. I think Caleb Plant is a super middleweight that should be in the discussion to fight a Canelo Alvarez. And 
Caleb Plant, I believe, is fighting January 30th now um, against the former world champion Caleb Truex. So I think that everybody, I mean, maybe even throw Caleb Plant first and then a Triple G, but uh, I think Triple G and Caleb Plant are the two next big fights for Canelo, in All my right. opinion. And I, you could also throw in Charlo, the Charlo brother as well. Oh, um, yeah. So yep. you could throw that in there. That but honestly, in my opinion, I don't want to see that one technically before those other two. But would I watch it if he, if Canelo, dude, Darn. and to give Canelo massive respect, if Canelo chose to fight Charlo, I mean, the dude, win or lose, he, in my opinion, should then be, honestly, at that point, he's number one. He's there. But I mean, his choice of opponents already, and I've told you, he's fought guys that we don't really talk about guys like Trout and Lara, Arizlandi Lara, sure. who um, Canelo fought and beat. Mm-hmm. Close decisions against Lara, for sure, too. But. Those are guys that nobody wanted to fight at the time when Canelo fought them. Canelo didn't have to fight them. He's such a big name that he could have bypassed them sure. and pushed them to the side, and nobody would have said a dang word, but he chose to fight them. Same thing with Triple G. Fought Triple G twice. Didn't have to do any of those, and he did it. So I respect Canelo and the fact that he is good for boxing because he fights the best, period. He fought Floyd Mayweather when he was like 24 years old. Right. Most people... We're like, you're too young. We shouldn't be doing it. But he was 49 or but he 47. Learned, he learned no. a lot from that. So but I remember watching that. And he learned a lot from that. He's only gotten better. So so those are the two names. You got there, Triple G. And then you said Caleb Plant, correct? Yep, Caleb Plant. All right, so Sweet same. hands, Caleb Plant. Same question and kind of shorter response. Terrence Crawford, two names that you want to see at least being one of the next fights for him. Okay, two names. Two names. I have two fights for you, but I don't have two names. I have Errol Spence. Okay. And then Errol Spence. <laughs> that's the next two fights that I want to see with gotcha. Crawford. And the reason I say that is because I think they're going to be such contested fights that I'm going to want to see a second. So okay. that's the only two names I have right now. And I think Errol Spence the same way. If you ask me for Errol Spence, I say the next fight for both of those guys because they're to the point of no return now, meaning there is nobody else out there that we want to see them fight except right. each other. Right. So I'm not giving either one of those guys leeway which mainly is their promoters. I'm not giving them leeway because those two guys, I believe, want to fight each other. So Terrence Crawford needs to fight Errol Spence. Mm -hmm. Errol Spence needs to fight Terrence Crawford for both of their legacies, for both of their everything, their respect in boxing, period. Crawford's in his 30s now. They 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 got to fight. They need it for not only their present, but also the next step. They both need that. Yep, agreed. They both need that. That would be the best fighter on both of their resumes bar none that would be the best fighter that Errol Spence has ever fought that would also be the best fighter that Terrence Crawford has Mm -hmm. ever fought which is a great recipe for boxing fans let's see it okay so you heard it here from Weekend Trav those are the two names uh, not only for Canelo but also for Terrence Crawford though it was really one name Um, and that is really what's going to help cement at least Terrence Crawford or Errol Spence's well actually both of theirs legacies going forward they need to fight top competition now going forward because in the grand scheme of things especially when you look pound for pound which some people do have errol spence in that top five top ten you just depends on the rankings these guys need it because canelo is just marching to the top and i think almost what happens is that in canelo's case because he's so good because he's such a name because he's so marketable because of who he is it actually hurts him in the rankings it it holds him back because people are like 
yeah, I know it's Canelo, but man, have you seen this one guy? This one guy's up there too. Yeah. But this is kind of like Canelo's a steady Eddie. It's like almost like everyone knows Jordan was the greatest basketball player of all time, but we have the argument like, man, LeBron might be up there. Kobe, Kobe's up there. No, Michael Jordan was always the best, and he is the best. We're in echo chamber because I believe the same thing. Yeah, but some people will put Kobe in that list. Some people will put... You know, the the big sleepy, they'll put Tim Duncan randomly in there because he's won so many titles yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Uh, but then obviously LeBron James. So that's the basketball uh, 30 seconds for the year we, we gave it. Uh, there it is. So the pound-for-pound rankings, though, it's just a fictitious title of sorts. It is, and that's opinion of the experts. Opinion so of the experts. nothing that's set in stone. These fighters, there's some ego and pride to that too, but ultimately they want – they want to win, and they want to beat whoever's in front of them, and they want the they want the gold, they want the titles, and they want to make as much money as possible. And while make they a, do ton, it. A, ton, a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of the day, money. Professional boxers are prize fighters. We yeah. fight for a prize. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so that's where we're at with the boxing front. There, um, we can drive. What yes, I want to what I want to do right now. Let's just go and highlight what we're drinking now. Uh, now, if you guys have been following us along, we had a vlog that we posted back a couple of days ago. Vloggy vlog vlog. That's and that's what he said in it too. <laughs> uh, and, and we went out to Hagen O'Reilly's out in Winter Garden, Florida. And great place. Great place. And we tried a bunch of different bourbons and things like that. We thought it might be good just to pull it back a little bit today. Yes. Let's pull the reins yes. back. Let's just get a little, little, little something to to wet our palate, and very basic, very simply, Jack Daniels honey, Tennessee honey. You know, it's okay. It's good. I enjoy it. It's uh, I know it's not bourbon per se. It's a whiskey, I think, classified, and maybe it is still technically a bourbon that's flavored. I'm not sure what to say on the on the I don't bottom. Know. You know. Does it give us a whiskey? I th- I think Jack Daniels is a whiskey though. It, it, it well, I it's, a bur- it's a whiskey. It's a bourbon. Yeah, it should be, isn't it? I don't know. Shoot. You know, we're going to get butchered here. I hope you do butcher me. You should. Comment and butcher below. Um, so the, the Jack Daniels honey, and also to be quite honest with you, neither of us went shopping. So we just kind of were drinking what we had. Jack Daniels honey. And you know what? It's it's satisfying me right now. I love it. I So the reason why I love it too is because we did try some uh, bourbon rye, right? And my favorite was, I think it was Angel's Envy. And it was the sweetest one, yeah. which reminded me a lot of Jack Daniels. Don't get me wrong. It's not the same as Jack Daniels, honey, for sure. No. But it was a sweet, um, almost a caramel type that, that I love. And I love that type of whiskey and bourbon. So that's what I got from that. And that's why I, I actually very affordable, very cheap Jack Daniels, honey. I like yeah. It. So, so the other day we did have Sazerac uh, rye. We, so we did a, it was rye. Sorry. We weren't bourbon tasting. We were rye tasting. It was all rye. That's my fault. Uh, so we're doing a Sazerac. We did whistle pig 12 year uh, aged rye. We also did heaven's door. And then that angels, angels envy you're envy. talking about. Angels envy was my favorite. And actually, you know what, for me in that case, if you watch the vlog, you'll know that the Sazerac was actually my favorite. Cause it just, I don't know. It just had its, for me, it was good. Uh, but massive shout out to Hagen O'Reilly's by the yeah. way, and the good dudes. Louis Lewis gave us Lewis gave us some great stuff. Frank hooked us Lewis, up with some great stuff. Frank the Tank, Frank the Tank. It was amazing, but guys, like we, we are gonna be back there at Hagen O'Reilly's, O'Reilly's, and we're gonna do some stuff there. Absolutely, They're good Absolutely. people, boxing knowledgeable people, but also yes. more importantly. They know their bourbon, whiskey, rye, all of that. Yeah. They hooked us up. Yeah. They hooked us up. Uh, but ultimately for me, you know what it is? It's that it's good people, Trav. Yep. We can, Trav, when, we're, when we go about our weekly days and months and years and whatever else, I pride myself on just trying to surround myself with 
good-hearted, good-minded people. You don't always have to have the same philosophies and thoughts that I have. Uh, it's nice to have shared experience and shared thoughts at times, but it's also good to have civil discourse, right? That's the key word, civil discourse. Civil. And, 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 you know, we can try it, and it brings up kind of a, an interesting topic right now. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it uh, just because I don't want to get too long in the tooth today uh, because I think there's a lot of stuff for us to put out there. And um, But when we're looking at the whole concept of who you surround yourself with, are you, and we use this terminology a lot, are you putting yourself in an echo chamber or are you willing to step out of that and actually have a conversation, understand why someone's coming from the point that they're coming from yeah. and be able to walk away still in disagreement, but in friendship yep. or walk away and understanding, okay, I understand why they think that way. I might not agree with it, but I understand. Yep. And I think we've gotten to a point we can travel. We've gotten to a point in our country, in our world, really, where it's, I'm right and you're wrong, and I'm going to do whatever I can in order to make sure that everyone else sees you're wrong too, and yep. I'm right, and it's always me. It's, it's, it, and it's, it's, it's making me sick, and that's why we've seen it ripple into such the unrest that we've seen, not only in the current week or the last week we saw with you know people rioting and marching up in D.C., but also going way back to the summertime with... Yep the race riots and looting and all this other stuff yep. and just the spite and, and, and verbal vitriol and venom being spit out at everybody on social media, which I think it's honestly, it's, it, there's so many positives of social media we can Trav, mm -hmm. but it's also like the bane of our existence. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be a tool that's brought us closer together, yep. but it's further divided us yep. and it makes me really uncomfortable and sick. And, and I don't know. There's a lot we could talk about with this. And uh, I know with this, though, taking some of those those words and thoughts, we are somewhat in an echo chamber here with it. Mm -hmm. But I think you're in agreement with me that irregardless of if you're conservative or liberal, Republican, Democrat, middle of the road, whatever you are, we're, we're in a mess. Mm -hmm. We're in a mess. And it's not one person that's done it. It's not a couple people that have done it. We have been played like fools, in my opinion, by this oligarchy of power that's a mixed mash of media, politicians, just powerhouses, and not necessarily one uh, side of an aisle or another, mm -hmm. but we have been played a fool at this point. Yeah. We have been in this pot, and it's been stirred up, and here we are, and we're at each other's throats. It's, it's sickening. Listen, I think, I think when you say we're in an echo chamber... I think I agree with you on a lot of things, and I think the one thing that we massively agree on is riots and violence we condemn. Hell yeah. Openly. Openly. We yes. both condemn that. The, the massive carnage, the stupidity, the idiotic morons that there were six deaths, I believe now, um, that happened at storming the Capitol building. Um, I support the protests. I support people not agreeing with... Um, the election and possible, and I'm saying possible, fraud. I agree with all of those people because I think the United States of America has always stood up for people to have their voice heard. First okay? And there's a lot of people that feel like their voice is not being heard. Mm -hmm. And that's why if you follow me, anything about me, I openly engage in civil discourse to people. Matter of fact, if you go to my Facebook, you will probably see more people that I don't agree with that I go back and forth with openly and I do it civilly always have even when the other side you can see my facebook and you'll see it they usually start to the name calling first 
I never yeah. engage in that. I don't. And I've promised myself that I will never do that. And I don't. So I just think that this country is in a big, big crossroads right now. And I believe there's a big divide. There always has been. People want to pretend there's not been a divide. There always has been. Every single year, we have about 60 million people that vote for one person and about 60 million people that vote for another person. This year, we had 75 million vote for one and 80-some million it's vote very, for the other. It's very few times in history where it's a landslide victory in the presidential race. Sure. Very few you, times in history. Based on the numbers this year, you can consider that a landslide because 80 million compared to 74 or 75 million, considered a landslide. It sure. would be. If my side won 80 to 74 or 75, I'd probably say it was a landslide. But it doesn't matter if it's a landslide or not but here, because but here's you alienate half the country but here, still. Here's the funny thing, though. If, you want, if we want to pull back to sports, if you had a team that was just above 500, you would say they were, that's a pretty average team. That's not that's not True. a powerhouse team coming in. So yes, while in political terms, voting wise, you might say, yeah, that's a landslide, several million votes difference. Yeah, but when you look at the percentage of it, yeah, it's still almost right up the middle. Oh no, it is, and that's what. But we have to come together as a nation and yes. realize that no matter who you vote for, we still have to listen to other people's opinions. And I and and listen again, openly condemn it. I condemned it right away. The the violence I did. But what also I'm, I'm also going to condemn social media platforms for silencing people because yes. I think that everybody deserves to be heard. Now, if you're making threats of violence and all of those sorts of things, then for sure, like I don't want to hear that and that doesn't need to be heard. But I think the bigger picture is we need to educate our citizens more. We need to inform them more. And I think that that falls on the media. We have media to inform the citizens of America. And I don't think the media has openly and evenly and fairly informed its citizens. Well, well, yeah. That's why we have a civil unrest yeah. going on. So let me stop you right there on a couple of different fronts. On the media side, you're 100% correct. The media is there to inform of events going forward. They're supposed to be. Not to give their opinion and their take and to stir the, the pot up and to you basically take a hornet's nest and shake it. Unfortunately, because once the 24-hour news cycle started back years ago, that's what they've done to fill time because it's all about marketing dollars. And I don't care if you're Fox News, CNN, whoever you are, you're, you're all guilty of the same thing. You're inciting, you're inciting a certain base of people because you know, ooh, if, we, if I'm Fox News and I gravitate towards more of the right-leaning folks, they're going to be watching me on. They're going to have my TV on all the time. My my parents, they have freaking Fox News on almost like all day long, you know. And you know what that helps? It helps Fox News make money off of the advertising revenue. Yep. Yep. Folks that have CNN all day long, or at the airport, CNN is on all day long. Ad revenue, folks. Are you guys? You have to understand. We are being played so easily here. So easily. We're being fed certain information. We are. And you don't know what's truth and what's not. What I can tell you, Weekend Trav, is that when the day's said and done, I have to look at my family, my neighbors, my friends and family, and understand how I am with them. Yep. If we are better neighbors to one another, and it was a good, I had a, a there was a, a, a church message I had this morning. It, there's not one person or a group of people that's going to solve all this stuff for us. You know where it starts? I think that's where my heart is, right? That's my heart? It's right here? It starts here. It starts with all of us here first. I'm going to give you the most profound and massive quote right now, and it's true, and this, this person was a Democrat. But it's true. It's ask not what your country can do for you, what you can do for your country. 
And that's where we all should be at right now because one, government is not going to fix our problems. Okay, that's been the biggest problem and the biggest misunderstanding of all time is that we look to the government to fix our problems. I do believe government is needed. We have 330 plus million yes. people. We do I need agree. them, I but agree. we need them in small doses, but we don't need them to run our everyday life. That should come from our hearts. That should come from our souls. That should come from our neighbors. That should come, and I'm going to go there, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. The more we have uh, God in our hearts and in our lives, the better, because God teaches love. At the end of the day, I won't go into scripture. I won't go into all the other BS. At the end of the day, God teaches love. Love is mentioned more in the Bible than any other book in the history of the world, I believe. So we need more love, more God, a little less government, a right. little and less government. It's also a book that preaches forgiveness. I think far too often— None of us are perfect. Bible haters, what they do, they get caught up in the Old Testament, and they get caught up in you know the old Israelite days of killing and whatnot— but they, they forget the New Testament, forget the forgiveness involved in the love of, like you mentioned, of Christ. And so, I don't know. With, I think with, forgiveness is taught in all of it, though. Yes. Even in the First Testament, yeah, forgiveness yeah, is taught. Because, because a lot of violence, Because Israel, Israel is always made mistakes, and God always called them back. So, you know, I understand that. I just, I don't know where you can drive it. It's just, it's, it's semi-disheartening when you look at it from a 30,000-foot view. But when you get to the street level, when you get to the home level, what are we doing? What are the impacts that we can make on a daily basis to our little world? Not to what's going on in a different state, in a different country. Sure, it's nice to donate money or thought or whatever you're doing. But what are you doing on a daily basis to impact those around you? Because you know what? It's kind of like that pay it forward concept. You do that to your little network, then your little network, each person in that, maybe they're doing the same thing. And then all those people are doing the same thing, and it ripples out. And eventually, you know what? We don't need people on top of us telling me and telling all of you all, this is what you're supposed to think, this is what you're supposed to do, this yep. is how we're supposed to act. Yep. And oh, by the way, we're going to shut down your communication, this and that. Oh, I meant to mention, I, devil's advocate here, I, I understand the methodology behind shutting down a certain platform because they were, quote-unquote, inciting violence. I'm all for that. However, I want that to be an even stroke, not just yep. against what seems to be one group of thinking. Yep. It should be across all others because there's plenty of radical ideology coming from other countries that are still on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you brought that up because not only just across the globe, because everybody's on Twitter, it's a, it's a global platform. Everybody's on there. So I think you're right, though, that... This is my biggest problem, and I hope people can see this, is that we need to hold everybody to the same standard. If you were going to hold these people critical of these certain tweets or these certain social media posts, hold everybody to the same accountability, okay? And I mean elected officials because everybody's like, oh, well, it was the president of the United States, Travis. He has the biggest platform. Well, I'm going to tell you right now that I've already posted tweets and videos of a person named Nancy Pelosi mm -hmm. who most people don't realize this. She's third in charge. It's mm -hmm. the president. It's the vice president. Then it's Nancy Pelosi. Yep. And she actually physically, verbally incited violence multiple times. Okay? So hold everybody accountable. I'll give you another one. If you one. want me to get on board with that, hold everybody accountable. And you know what? I've always said this. Donald Trump's rhetoric is horrific. Correct. You that man that. ruined a lot of good stuff that he actually did do by opening his mouth via Twitter. Mm -hmm. Okay? That man, 
I, I was born and raised to not beat on your chest and tell everybody how great you are. I was learned to do the good things and let everybody else tell you things. So when you have to beat on your chest and tell everybody how great you are, right? you're not that great. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's just so much we could talk about with this. And I, one other example I had, uh, you mentioned Nancy Pelosi. There's also Maxine Waters that back during the summertime uh, BLM riots, things like that. She was, she is on record stating, no, 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 go into the restaurants, go, go disrupt everything, go make a problem. And this is one of our, our the, one of the, I have a problem with anybody uh, doing violence and that's, and she's so inciting violence and she's a massive elected figure. So that goes back to my point, folks, if you are still listening here, are we not aware of how we are being played as groups? We are being played. By the left, by the right, by everyone in the middle, we're being played by the oligarchy on top, media, business folks alike, we are being played. I hope everyone recognizes that at a certain point. Yes, half of America is cheering some of the stuff that's going on right now by shutting down voices of others. The other half is rah-rahing, marching the Capitol, while the other half is condemning it, half against a half. I think... What's going to end up happening weekend, Trav, is that as we fast forward into the months and maybe years ahead, we're going to look back and be like, what in the heck were we thinking? Yeah. What happened? It's going to culminate to something that's really, I don't know, I have a bad feeling that something's going to culminate to some breaking point that's really, really negative in our history. Yep. And it's not this. It's not what we just saw. Now, this, is, I, this is leading I to something bigger. I unfortunately think something else is going to happen because you want to know why, folks? Those in America listening, we're showing our weaknesses easily and we're showing the open door for something something awful and i really hope i'm wrong but i just get this gut feeling we can travel and we haven't talked about this so i know i'm going off topic a little bit i just have a really bad gut feeling that down the road we are opening ourselves up because we're being distracted we're being distracted listen i believe in the american people yes i don't believe in the american government i don't i've lost trust in them long before donald trump i've told everybody this Everybody wants to pretend like Donald Trump caused all this. And I say this to people. I go, listen, guys, Donald Trump didn't create this division. You know what he did? He highlighted it. He showed us all how divided we really are. And we have been for a while. And you know who's divided us? Washington. Well, so, so Washington, D.C. has divided us. So I want to wrap up our political banter here on this episode. And Thank I'm going to give you a number. And I'm going to give it a few seconds to pause. Maybe you're listening at home or watching at home. I'm going to give you an approval number, and you tell me who you think it's for. So the approval number I saw most recently was 11%. 11%. And this is from a government standpoint. Who do you think has an 11% approval rating? I bet I could guess this. Okay. Who do you think has the 11% approval rating? Government. Washington, Congress. Yeah. It's, not the, the, it's not the president. Yep. It's Congress. This is before. This is even before Trump. It was these, bad before these Trump. These are the people, and yes, and this is during, and it, the same kind of approval rating was also during the Obama years. It was for Congress, and we are letting these people stir the pots. So I'm going to stir the pots here right now and say, "We can trav. We're shutting the show down till next week." Yeah. Till next week. <laughs> um, so you know. I think we had a good chat. I think we had a good chat about boxing. Uh, Ryan Garcia, man, he's a he's a star. I mean, I, I would say he's a he star in the making, but 
He's a star. He's a current star. He's a current star. He's now sponsored by Gatorade. He's got Nike. He's got all these guys calling him the king. He's got he's got uh, the self proclaimed uh, king of basketball calling him the king. It's a yeah, no self proclaimed. Um, Thank you for saying self proclaimed. And then obviously the chat that we had with regard to pound for pound. Where do we see Canelo next? Where do we see Terence Crawford next? And what needs to happen? We think on at least our perspective. And then obviously the uh, political uh, topic that we had. You know, folks. Once again, my fi- I'll go my final thought, then I'll go to your final thought, Weekend Trav. Uh, from B Money, the producer, my final thought is this. When you go home tonight, today, whenever you're listening, maybe you're single, maybe you have a family, look at those around you. Look at your family. Look at your friendships. What, whoever that is that tight community around you, and just look and be like, listen, I'm blessed. I'm Number one, I'm blessed to have these folks around me. But number two, what am I doing? What am I doing to, to help them, improve on, love on them, everything, whatever it is? And then go from there each day, each day, tackle it one day at a time. And you know what? Ultimately what happens, our society blossoms from there because we're not looking up top. We're not looking at somebody else to do the work for us. We're literally, you know, tying up our shoes and hitting the street every day, hustling and working hard and loving on those around us. I think that's what improves not only our country, our neighborhoods, our society, but ultimately our global impact. I'm going to go a little deeper because I have uh, my oldest brother is a Marine and a current police officer. He's been hired to go to D.C. on Inauguration Day. Mm. So my brother and his, and his significant other at the time is going to be protecting the president-elect and Washington, D.C. So That's a great honor. All I can ask is that everybody put your differences aside and just listen. Violence is not the answer. It's not. So... Let's do it the right way. And a longtime conservative, as I am, and I know you are, we don't handle things that way. We handle things the correct way. We go the correct steps. And as of right now, guys, violence is not the correct step. We're separating and we're alienating more people by doing that. So just for my sake, my family's sake, like let's peacefully transition right now. And let's handle it the right way. We have another election in four years. We have another election in two years. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's let's regroup. Let's get together. Let, let's handle this the right way. Let's give everybody a voice, but let's give everybody a voice that is not violent and fatal. Because six people died as of mm-hmm. right now from the Capitol storming, and one person is unacceptable. Yeah. Okay? One person is unacceptable. We are now in an age where we handle things in other ways. So... I just ask people to put God first, put your neighbor right there with yourself, love thy neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, let's handle things in a better manner. Let's let's get together and let's be positive in how we do things. I'm not saying that all of this stuff that happened is not called for, but violence and death is not called for. Right. Let's handle it in a different way. And again, I have family that's going to be in D.C. that's going to be protecting the whole inauguration and please, let's not be violent. Let's and not be and violent. you know what? I think even if you didn't, it's still the same message, agreed, right? Agreed, agreed. still the same message. Uh, I think we need to understand. Sorry, I know we keep going back and forth on final thoughts, but this is it. We need to understand one person can think one way, another person can think another way. That's okay. It's not black or white. It's not wrong. That's not one right and one wrong. Why can't we come together? Why can't we discuss things? Why can't we actually be civil again? Why can't we turn the TV off, turn the social media off, and just chat like human beings? Yep. It comes okay. down to that. Okay, it comes down to that. Um, so, gosh, what a somber note. Let's bring it back. 
Um, thanks for joining us. If you have yet to subscribe, please do smash that subscribe button below. Hit the bell icon if you're on YouTube as well. Uh, wherever you're at, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. We're still there. We haven't shut us down. So we're, yes. we're still there. Yes. Um, please uh, do follow us along or forward on to your friends. Media partners, thank you so much. TH Boxing, Gulfstream Financial, and IF Enterprises. We always appreciate your constant support and putting up with us. Yep. Yep. That's the closing word is yep. Pretty much. That there is B-Money. And that there is Weekend Trav. Appreciate your time today. God bless. Amen. God bless. Go Paco. <laughs>